like that? You like that? Feels great, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back for another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with my co-host, Joey Moore. Um, not going to be a very positive podcast on my end. It was, it was a uh, disastrous end of the Vikings season on Sunday Night Football. But we're a positive group here, so we're going to start with the Niners clinching of the NFC's number one seed. Uh, huge win for the Niners at Washington, but more importantly, a gigantic earth-shattering loss for Philly against Arizona last week. And now the Niners are the number one seed, and they can rest up for basically two full weeks as they prep for their divisional round matchup. Uh, feels pretty good, right? Yep, it was, a, it was a big Sunday. Like I said, we took the bus. We took the bus Sunday, um, both in Washington and in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> go Cards. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was... It was a little dicey in the first half. I mean, you kind of like hear all week how this is a get-right game, and then it's just like offense was good, and, you know, I thought defense was okay, but just all, all of a sudden it's just it's 10-10. Um, good drive to end the first half to get three points. Couldn't put in the end zone on goal to go, but 13-10. And then um, I actually heard Steve Wilkes made some pretty good adjustments at halftime, according to I think it was Trevorius Ward who had a pick in the second half, they said they were playing um, a lot of uh, uh, man coverage in the first half and were getting beat, and they made a lot of man coverage look like zone coverage in the second half, and then Sam Howell started turning the ball over, which I was like, for kind of wanting Steve Wilkes fired midway through the year, I was like, that's good to hear. Like, you know, like to see uh, like to see some adjustments, but yeah. I mean, also, that's Pro Bowl starter Charvarius Ward. I mean – some Niner fans I see on some blogs think he's an all-pro, which I don't know if I go that far, um, but he's been pretty good. He's, he's by Maybe far second the best team. Maybe second team. Um, by far the best one they got. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Purdy threw some absolute just dimes in the second half. Um, uh, he had that scramble in the pocket touchdown throw to Ayuk, which is not uncommon for him. He does that quite a bit, I think. Um, I think I not said this before, straight but, line fast, but he he really moves around in the pocket well. I I don't know. It's the shuttle time. The combine I think was only like one hundredth of a of a second off of like Christian McCaffrey, or it was either him or Lamar Jackson. It might have been Lamar Jackson. The shuttle time, not the speed <laughs> time. Right. He's not fast, but, like the but quick, he's quick. And <laughs> like, who cares? Like, nobody wants running quarterbacks. Just like. People get that kind of, I think, misunderstood. Like, no one wants a running quarterback. That's why they think Lamar Jackson this year is better this year before the one he was in MVP in 2019. Like, he's much better from the pocket. Like, yes. they don't want to run all over the place because that doesn't – it's not it's not consistently, you know, proven to win a lot. Um, like, Mahomes, like, is he a running quarterback? I don't, I don't think he is. He's mobile. They want him to mm-hmm. – they want him to evade pressure and throw the ball. It's not sustainable like your boy Kaepernick back in the day. You can pull it off maybe one or two years, but you can't really do it for... I mean, if, if a guy like Kaepernick threw, like, Drew Brees in the pocket, he'd be the most unstoppable player. But <laughs> that... I haven't seen it. I mean, the closest one we've kind of seen has been Mahomes, but he's a lot more passer than he is, like, runner. Oh, by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see with a couple other guys, um, like Lamar. Michael Vick was pretty good, but he he never won. He big. threw the ball hard, but not very he accurate. Had, he, had a, he had a hose. <laughs> Both um, him and Kaepernick probably threw the fastest football I've ever seen in the NFL. Like just an absolute late. Kaepernick's looked violent. <laughs> like it looked because his wind up too. It looked like yeah, it was like a two seam fastball at like ninety six. You know, like you know, like some baseball pitchers who throw like high nineties, low hundreds, and it looks like like a tennis serve where they even got like an oomph at the end. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys like Verlander who just wind up and it's just straight gas out of the hand. And it doesn't even <laughs> look like he's working that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, that's not some of these guys, <laughs> but back to the point Niners, number one seed after the Baltimore loss, basically everything is right with the team again. Um, basically from when the Washington game ended until when your divisional round game starts. That's like 21 days to rest. I got to be honest. I'm not, I'm not in love with that. I'm not really. 
Like, trust me, I wanted the one seed, but I wanted the one seed not for the buy. I wanted that for all, everything to be at Levi's. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a huge fan. Like, it's because it's like this game Sunday is just we've already announced both Niners and Rams. This is just going to be a preseason game. Yeah. So, like, good thing for you is though you may get to avoid the Rams if you uh, give them the W in that game. You know, if you basically are, like, pull are we the- though? Like they said today, they're sitting Stafford, Cup, Kyron, Will, like you're sitting everybody. And, <laughs> yeah. So and, I mean, but either way, I mean, if we said we're sitting, seven, I, I saw we're sitting Purdy and McCaffrey. I mean, you would think but like Sam Darnold's going to treat this off. as his Super Bowl. Like he's playing for a contract. <laughs> I was wondering if they'd even start Darnold, given he may have to come in at a playoff game. I was wondering if they go to the third string. I don't know. They, I mean, maybe they just get a half. <laughs> As of right now, the Niners are favored by three, which I thought was pretty shocking. And then I saw what you saw. Basically, Sean McVay said, "Yeah, anyone who's I don't ever know how at football I don't know how they point. even come up with a line for this game. <laughs> it's the most challenging week of the NFL season to figure out what to make the lines. They do have the Niners minus three, but we're not. We don't give a good goddamn about that game. It's all about you know, in two weeks, who are you going to play? You're going to play whoever the lowest remaining seed in the NFC is." Uh, we'll talk about that bracket a bunch more next week because a lot still has to be sorted out. Uh, one team that we're sure is not going to be there is the Minnesota Vikings. There is a, still a snowball's chance in hell they need a win, a Packers loss, a Seahawks loss, and then either uh, a Tampa or New Orleans loss. And then they're in. So that's all it is, just a typical four-team parlay. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, I don't but, think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, first of all, the Vikings are three-point dogs on the road at Detroit. The problem here is is Detroit still technically has a chance at the number two seed if they win and both Dallas and Philly lose. But they put this game at 10 a.m. before Dallas and Philly both play. So Detroit, at least for the first half, is definitely going to be playing everybody, which makes it even harder. Uh, the Vikings just announced Mullins will start today. Basically, we need a miracle. Uh, looking at this game... I don't think we're going to win. I think this team has kind of mailed it in, as we saw last Sunday night, with just, I mean, one of the worst efforts in primetime in Viking history. From the jump, it was clear that the team was not motivated to play. Uh, I I was shocked at how bad Jaron Hall was, given that in his two drives against Atlanta, he looked probably like the best non-Cousins quarterback of the season for the Vikings, and then got concussed. He comes back into this game. I was calling for Mullins almost immediately, and I hate Nick Mullins. I was like, this is just, I mean. The broadcast was too. It it was pretty shocking. And I I remember looking at the live odds on Bovada during the game, and they pulled Hall off the board after the second drive and put Mullins' name in for passing yards. And I was like, they haven't even announced that he's been pulled yet. Everyone in America was like, they got to get this guy out of here. It was shockingly bad. They are going back to Mullins next week. I don't really think it matters. I just think all that needs to be said is this is a disaster of a season. Like you lost a chance to kind of evaluate a lot of the guys on this team. When cousins went down, um, we needed to see who were winning players in big moments. And we never got to see it because we were never at full strength. Um, You're not going to be picking high in the draft. You're going to be picking somewhere in the 14 to 16 range, which hurts for a season where you're not making the playoffs. Um, Big lost opportunity. We'll get to it more uh, next week after the the final nail is delivered into the coffin. But I really think Cousins is coming back, and I think this is a team that really has no choice but to tread water for the foreseeable future. Tough, tough Sunday night game where basically there was just an F-minus effort from the team from the get-go, and uh, it's really been a disappointing second half of the season from the Vikes after that five-game win streak that got us all excited. So uh, maybe, maybe we find a way to sneak in as the seventh seed. But I don't see that happening. Tough season. Uh, we'll talk about off-season plans next week. Let's get into the Week 18 slate, the hardest week in the NFL to predict what's going on. But let's just kind of give status reports on each of these teams as we head into the playoffs. Uh, Saturday starts with Pittsburgh minus 3.5 at Baltimore. Uh, the Steelers need a win and either a Jags or Bills loss, and they're in. Um, the Steelers are favored in this game because they're starting everybody, and Baltimore's already announced Lamar and a lot of the big players on that team are not going to be playing. Um, It's pretty shocking to me that it's still a possibility that if the Steelers win and the Bills lose, the Bills are out of the playoffs altogether and a Bills win would give them the two seed. Like, 
really high stakes for the Bills after a wild season. Um, for this Saturday game, is, is it a shock to you that Pittsburgh is still alive? Because it kind of is to me. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it's just a bad team, right? <laughs> I don't think they're that bad of a team. I think I think they went wrong. I think they wasted the season starting Mitch Trubisky over Mason Rudolph, apparently. Yeah, for um, what, five weeks? Yeah. Um, I mean, they look much, much, much better with him. Um, but, yeah, I just – you were just talking and explaining everything about the, about the game. I'm just like, yeah, week 18 does suck. I mean, just like I was thinking about it. It's the last weekend of like a last Sunday of football, like the whole. And it's like it's about to feel like week five of the preseason. That's what it's about to feel like. Because only half the teams yeah. are trying. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I mean, I the Steelers, I don't know. There's rumblings like Mike Tomlin might be like, I feel like kind of on the hot seat a little bit just because it feels stale a bit mm-hmm. like Oh, we might not have a losing season. Yeah, it's like, but we're perennially finishing eight and eight, nine and eight every year, like mm-hmm. not doing anything. And they just feel like they haven't fixed the offense quarterback position, like in in, in, in since uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. I just um, they're gonna try. They're gonna try hard to keep Mike Tomlin's uh, five hundred record above you know above five hundred record you know intact, but. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. The, the reason that we do like Week 18, though, is because of games like the other one on Saturday night. Houston, pick them at Indy. Winner is in. Loser basically needs a miracle. Um, I believe there is a scenario where if Houston loses and four or five other teams also lose, they still make it. But basically, it's a win, you're in, lose, you're out game. Um, obviously we like CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's on this podcast and the offense that's uh, reminiscent of the Niner offense that's run over there. Um, I, I really want to pick Houston in this spot, but Indy has been better in the last couple weeks after really having three duds in a row. Um, I, these are the kind of games that you love to watch. It's two teams that nobody really cares about in the long term, but a, essentially a playoff game in week 18, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I want to root for. I've been high on obviously D'Amico and C.J. Stroud all all season, but I don't know why. I I I'm kind of leaning the Colts here. Um, You're a Steichen guy now. St- too. Shane Steichen is looking better and better each week. Jalen Hurts looks like ass. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Gannon just went in there and kicked their ass. I mean, the Arizona card. I don't want to make this about that game and talk about the Colts, but Arizona did did not punt. 28 points on four drives in the second half. Like, just the coordinator. So, so offensively, Shane Steichen, and I totally forgot he was the guy that that uh, uh, got Herbert, his rookie, just un, unreal rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. So he's gone from Justin Herbert, Jalen, made Jalen Hurts an all-pro, and now has taken Anthony Richardson, who was deemed, like, the biggest project we've seen in a while. He looked good. He just kept getting knocked out of games mm-hmm. and then Gardner Minshew is like solid guy and Shane Steichen is I mean he's Col- got a C minus quarterback the, the on the doorstep of the playoffs sucks. <laughs> yeah the Colts roster sucks um even their best players like Quentin Nelson have dropped I mean, off it's just I guess my point both I think great head coaches I don't to say great I, they got to do it longer but like arrow pointing straight up for both D'Amico and Shane Steichen and I just feel like the Colts being at home, Texans. I, um, I don't know. I just, I don't. I just feel like there's something up with the Colts this year. Yeah, I, I lean Houston because of the quarterback, but like you said, the coaching advantage might be there with Indy, with the way Steichen's been coaching this team. Uh, they were a little shaky in that fourth quarter against the Raiders last week uh, in in Indy, but uh, this is a great one on Saturday night. Let's take a look at. Sunday's games. Let's look at the ones that matter first. You got Tampa Bay minus four at Carolina. It's a win and you're in for Tampa Bay. Obviously, we got a lot to talk about with Carolina and that group yet again uh, later in the pod. But Keep pounding. Uh, yeah, keep pounding. Freaking Mike Tolbert hit that uh, keep pounding drum and broke it a couple weeks ago. If that's not the most <laughs> Panthers thing you've seen all year, that's pretty You know what, wild. though? I, if I was doing that, I wouldn't do it because I'm not, 
you know, I'm not built different, but I, I would. I'd be like, I'm going to break this thing. I'm going to hit this thing so hard. I'm going to try and break it. I'm going to put the put the hammer right through the logo or something. <laughs> and they're 2-14 and 14 heading into week 17 and absolute they feel worse. shambles. They feel worse they, than 2-14. They're the first team ever, including the 0-16 Lions, the 0-16 Browns, and the 0-14 Tampa Bay Bucks from back in the day. First team ever to have never had a lead in the fourth quarter. The only times they've ever had leads have been in overtime. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. One of the worst teams in the history of the NFL at this point. Uh, they'll be looking for a new coach and maybe even a new quarterback here shortly. But we're talking about teams that are trying to make the playoffs. Tampa's minus four at Carolina. If they win, they're in. New Orleans is minus three at home against Atlanta. The winner of that game needs a Tampa Bay loss to get in. So basically, Tampa holds the cards here. But we were on them last week. I saw that 91% of bets at sportsbooks last week were on Tampa Bay minus two and a half. And they got absolutely walloped by New Orleans. What a trash division. We can never figure this goddamn thing out. Yeah, that was was a stunner. Because I think the Saints have just been... Super, one of the most underwhelming, underperforming teams this year, and and uh, I believe Tampa was yeah, it was in in Tampa too. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know what to make of it. I think Tampa should win. I mean, they really should win, and just kind of wrap this up. And you know, I'm also going to assume welcome Philly to Tampa for for the wild card. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're the most talented team. I think in the division, which is crazy because most people had them in the uh, Caleb Williams sweepstakes before the season. But yeah, their preseason over under on wins was four and a half, and they're already at you know eight. So good on them, I guess. But a real trash division. I don't really look at either of those games as ones that I have a lot of conviction on. If I had to bet one, I'd probably bet Tampa Bay minus four. There's no way I want a part of the Atlanta New Orleans game. Those are two teams that are just up and down, mostly down. Um, Another game that, I mean, this is a stunner that this game even matters. Jacksonville's favored by four and a half at Tennessee. Uh, it's winning in for Jacksonville. This is a C-minus season for them if they make the playoffs. If they lose this game, it is an F. I mean, an absolute if, disaster here. So if they win, they win the division. Correct. Uh, there is no scenario where they make the playoffs. There is only a scenario where they win the division. Uh, if they win, they are the four seed. So... Um, and will host uh, Cleveland. So whoever wins the other game Saturday, they are in they're as in a wild card. E- either if they, one, yeah. The winner okay. of the Saturday game will be in regardless. They will win the division if Jacksonville lose, or they will be the seven seed if uh, Jacksonville wins. So that that's why they put that game on Saturday. It's kind of like last year with the Titans Jags game that was on uh, Saturday night uh, with uh, Buck and Aikman last year, where Josh. I thought Thoms that got one was start. like winners in the division and losers toast that's what i yeah. thought the texans colts was well the jags own the tiebreaker over both unfortunately but i mean this is like i was saying a team that i think a lot of people before the season had them as maybe the three or even the two seed they had lawrence lawrence was the sixth favorite to win the mvp before the season and as you said a couple weeks ago he's probably in the high 20s uh if you were to power rank quarterbacks right now 21 22 if you were to unemotionally around. go by actual real football film and data he's in the high 20s yeah, maybe which is... if you're on a on generous low teams, <laughs> like I'm just, it just it just bothers it. I I don't want to get on a tangent, but yeah, they have to win that one. Tennessee is uh, they'll be starting Tannehill as Levis got hurt again. Um, I don't really have a ton of conviction on on that game at all. Uh, and then you have some games that we'll just breeze through here that are in the 10 a.m. window that don't matter. Cleveland is locked into the five seed there at Cincy minus. Uh, since he's favored by seven, uh, Cleveland's, as I said, locked into the fifth spot. They look live to win the AFC. Uh, they're benching everybody in this game because they already know what seed they are. Flacco's story's been great. Uh, they're resting Njoku and Cooper and all their you know studs, Miles Garrett. Um, you said last week you love Cleveland going into the playoffs, and it sure looks like they're going to face probably Jacksonville, maybe Houston or Indy. you got to love them in that game coming up. Cleveland? Yeah. Oh, I'd take Cleveland against anybody in the AFC right now. And if I really had the the gonads, I would pick them to make the Super Bowl. But, 
Uh, I don't think they can beat Baltimore in Baltimore, but I think they can win against basically anybody else in that conference right now. My thing is like Kansas City. If, my thing is if Cleveland doesn't beat Baltimore, then it's then Baltimore is dead. Like I don't think anyone else can beat Baltimore. I agree. I think Buffalo at their best maybe could, but they're too inconsistent. There's no way you could see that. And as we You're saw right. last week with Miami, if Buffalo <laughs> wins, gets a two seed, like I don't know if it, that means they're hot. I mean, they'd have to be hot. Right. And like if Buffalo's hot, like they're a very dangerous team, but they're just the problem is, is they'll get hot and then something happens and they turn into like just a glacial freeze. And it's just like, what happened? But yeah, you start to see some chirping on the sideline yeah. and you're like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, Jets at New England, New England's favored by one and a half, meaningless game. Could be Belichick's finale, although there have been some reports that he is coming back. So. Crazy situation there where probably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL is like in limbo as to whether he's coming back. I think he should just retire, but clearly that's not going to happen. He wants that wins record. Um, Let's go into some games that matter. They pushed almost all of them to the 125 Pacific window, starting with Chicago at Green Bay. It's a win and in for the Packers. Just looked at the weather. The weather's going to be a factor there. It's going to be in the teens. There could be some snow. There could be some wind. Um, I've really been impressed by Chicago the last like five or six weeks, especially by Justin Fields. We said it last week. He's actually been really good. This is the only game that gives me a little teensy bit of hope that the Vikings could still sneak in because I think Chicago's live for this game. I I wanted to put um, Green Bay in my picks of the week at minus three, but I'm really starting to think against that. Green Bay was very good against an unmotivated Vikings team in a dome last week, but I think with the ground and pound Bears coming to town, I think there's a real shot the Bears win this one. I I can't believe it, but yeah, I I actually think there is a conversation for both the head coach and quarterback in Chicago to remain there. Um, Mm -hmm. I still, I still, I, I I think Justin Fields has gotten, gotten better, played better. I still don't love him as my quarterback. Um, But Hey, he he's, he's gotten better, which, you know, I hadn't seen in his first three years. Like he just, it looks um, earlier. Was it this? I think earlier this year, he just like, was that when he kind of threw the coaches under the bus? Yeah, that was like when he was like, three. yeah, I just, yeah, I, I forgot what he said, but it was like, I just can't do that. When it was like, they were telling him, they were like telling me where exactly to throw. And he's like, I can't play free or something. So he's like saying the coaching and I'm like, yeah, they're well, they're telling you like where to throw by. because they don't think you can recognize where to throw the ball. Um, And then Matty Rufus says defensive guy. Chicago's defense is pretty good, especially against the run. Um. Which, if it's freezing cold weather, inclement weather, might be you know running the ball game. Do we remember how last year ended with Green Bay in a win and end game in weather? Uh, this I think this is home. so different. <laughs> Number one, they were playing the badass Dan Campbell Detroit Lions, and. Number two, I just think that you, we being a vibes podcast, the vibes in Green Bay towards the end were just. Um, <laughs> although I think Green Bay kind of went on a winning streak the end of the year, they might have snapped in that game, but um, I don't know. I, I think I think if the Packers win, I think they're a team I would not want to play, just because I feel like I feel like them making the playoffs this year was kind of like ahead of schedule, yeah, a bit. It's, they're by far the youngest team in the NFL. And I'm trying to think if they win, they win. They'd be the seven, right? Yeah, uh, they would actually move to the six if you were to beat uh, the Rams. Oh. So, yeah, then it would be a be situation Detroit where, Packers. It'd be like Thanksgiving, and then you'd have Rams at Cowboys, which oh would be a pretty god. damn good one. <laughs> oh my god! If I was Mike McCarthy, I would not want to see Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> And uh, oh, and it's Kyron funny. Williams. Rather oh, team Bay. team who can't stop the run. See see Kyron Williams. And oh my god, a lot of ramifications in that one. Uh, we're both thinking Chicago will be live in that game. I don't know if they pull off the upset. Uh, Seattle's minus two and a half at Arizona. Again, I was shocked that the line is two and a half. I thought it would be like six, but obviously Arizona was really good on the road in Philly last week and won that game. Seattle was just an absolute dud. Uh, at home against Pittsburgh, but I still thought Seattle would be favored here, given that if they win, they all they need is one other result to go their way uh, to win the division. Um, 
I lean Seattle here big time. It's going to be in one of my picks later. I think this is kind of a statement game for Pete Carroll. You know, if he's going to go out, he can't go out, you know, losing on the road to a four-win team with a playoff spot on the line. So uh, I like Seattle just as a legacy factor, um, just a coach who's always buttoned up. I think Seattle's a good spot in that game. Arizona had their Super Bowl last week. Um, and I, I frankly think they probably shouldn't even be starting Kyler Murray in these games, given that there's no reason to keep winning. It's just tanking their draft stock even further. Um, let's look at the Dallas and Philly games. Obviously, I want to talk a lot about Philly here. Um, we'll talk about the Dallas-Detroit game later on in the pod, but um, Dallas is favored by 13 at Washington. Philly's favored by 4.5 at the Giants. Uh, Philly blew that 10-1 and start. Dallas now controls the division. Um, all they got to do is win as 13-point favorites at Washington. Um, Philly is, in my opinion, already kind of DOA for the playoffs. I don't think anyone in America thinks they can win three playoff games, much less two, much less one. I think they'll be slight favorites at Tampa or New Orleans, whoever they end up playing. But we were going to make the point later in the pot about Philly. Let's talk a little bit about Dallas here. Are you worried as a Niner fan if they win this game and they're the 2C that they're a team that could come into Levi's and possibly win in the NFC Championship game? Or is there, you know, is, are you truly more worried about like teams like the Rams and, and the Oh, Packers? yes, absolutely. So you, you're just beca- mostly because of the result in the first matchup no. with Dallas? No, I think... I think the Rams is crazy. As much as we've kind of had their number last like four or five years, other than that big one that mattered. Like those games are close. Like there are a lot of three point, like it's tough. Like nobody knows each other better than Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. They run the same scheme. They were in the same plays. And I, Matthew Stafford looks phenomenal. I'd, I'd rather play Dak Prescott than Matthew Stafford right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and C.D. Lamb is having an all-pro season, but uh, the Rams can really freaking run the football with Kyron Williams. Tony Pollard, <laughs> Tony Pollard is like, where the hell is Zeke? Like, Dallas can't run the ball very well. Dak's playing really well, but Dak, again, like I said last week, Dak outside of the Jerry world is, is Desmond Ritter. Like, <laughs> no, and Dallas just – Dallas just – does not do well what you have to do well against the Niners, and that is stop the run and control the middle of the field. Um, so then thinking about this on another level, as a Niner fan who obviously there's lots of rooting interest in all these games for you, do you want Philly to win and Dallas to lose so that Philly's the two seed? Are you Or you know going into these games, what are you thinking? No, not really. I don't think it really matters um, because the more I think about it, I think I said it last week. I I would not want to play the Rams. And shockingly, I saw today, Fred Warner got his podcast with his wife. And he said he would not want to play the Rams. Like he, or not, not that way. Cause I don't think a player would ever say, oh, I don't want to play that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he thinks they're like the most dangerous team in, in the NFC. Like, yeah. I, I, the more I look at it, like I don't see how they don't play the Rams. Like, Unless Detroit beats him in the first round. Which is very possible, but I just... I think the Rams are better than both Dallas and Detroit. And and the thing is that, that like, like Detroit, I'm sure, will be jacked, you know, for a a home playoff game. Like, Dallas is not an intimidating place to play. At least, I don't think so. It only is because of the the team. Mm -hmm. But, like, those fans, if it's... Can you imagine if kickoff Rams at Dallas, like, in the playoffs, and... Dallas gets the opening kick, goes three and out, and then Sean McVay and Stafford shove it right down their throat, and it's seven nothing. How many butts are going to be so tight in that? In that, <laughs> including on the field and in the stands. Yeah. And then Detroit. The, be, the, the thing yeah. is, they both play in domes, and like for a guy like Stafford and a team like the Rams, like that's not intimate. It, it helps. You know, it's not like you're going to Green Bay. Even Levi's, like Levi's outdoor, the wind out here gets a little weird. Like it can rain. Like it rained during the Seattle. Like you never know. But I do know, you know, I'm not an architect guy, but I do know when there's a dome, there's no weather. When you got a dome here, yeah, there's, yeah. Not, there's not going to be any weather yeah, in there. When you, when you have a surface that blocks the weather, <laughs> um, yeah, I just so, and if they're the six or seven seed, 
I mean, unless uh, the only way they don't play the Rams, because I'm thinking the Rams win. The only way they don't play them is if like they get the sixth seed and then somehow the Packers beat Dallas, which, oh my God. No, that would just be, yeah, that'd probably be it for McCarthy and Dallas. He'd lose to his former team. (laughs) That would be insane. Um, Okay, so there's a couple other games with no implications, and then we'll get to the big one. Uh, Denver at the Raiders. Um, Denver officially eliminated last week after Pittsburgh's win um, and Kansas City's win as well. Uh, The Raiders favored by two and a half. I wanted to ask you, do you think Pierce is coming back because teammates – uh, not just Devonte Adams, all of his teammates on, on the Raiders came out today and said they want Pierce back. Um, he's been a little more than a little shaky last week after the big win at Kansas city. Uh, he was getting roundly criticized by Raiders Twitter last, last week for that game at Indy. Do you think Pierce comes back and do you think he should come back? That's a good question. I, my thing, my thinking is like he, he should be back. But I don't know if he's like the answer, mm-hmm. you know. Because so many, so if many teams Harbaugh comes knocking. <laughs> well, I would absolutely not hire Jim Harbaugh. Like no chance. That's supposedly the the one team that he like would I don't mean that Raiders. I mean to. anybody. Like, and, and I think Jim Harbaugh obviously like he comes. He seems to ruffle feathers everywhere he goes, which is I'm sure not fun to be around. But like I don't think. It, it, as smiley of a guy as he kind of be sometimes McVeigh, I'm sure McVeigh's a nut job midweek going over. Mm-hmm. T- like you're a tough coach. Like you win, like you're kind of a dick throughout the week. Like right. trying to like, you're happy if you like Bill Belichick is, is, is an ass. I'm sure. But like he wins. If you want a guy like that, you know, like Harbaugh, I just don't think the, the Raiders need like to find a Raider identity. Like they've tried to hire like Josh McDaniels, like all this Patriot, like it comes with Jim Harbaugh is like a celebrity coming. The Raiders need, you know, to no, no different than like develop players on a roster. They need like their coach. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of teams do like the Texans, you know, they hired D'Amico who had been a Texan. Like you don't have to play for the team, but you know, like clearly like a fresh start. Like we have our own culture. Same mm-hmm. thing with the Colts with Steichen, like all these guys. You hire a McDaniel, even like Sean Payton. Like you hire Sean Payton, he becomes your entire thing. Mm-hmm. And like that might work, but if it doesn't, it royally just blows for yes. everybody. Like because you hire McDaniels as your Raiders. Well, as soon as you fire him, like everything that happened, okay, goodbye, Brian Hoyer. Bye, Jimmy. Goodbye, all the Patriot, the GM. Goodbye, everyone who had any like ties to him. If you have your own guy, you know. Um, they need I, their new Gruden, like they hired yeah, Gruden in exactly. 1998 they need the new, when he the was new like Gruden. 35. Yeah, they tried to with Lane Kiffin back in the day. <laughs> they tried with Josh McDaniels. They tried with all these guys. So I think uh, Antonio but, Pierce could be that guy. Do do I have I seen enough like schematically? I think that's just one thing. I've, it's just you know we talk about we're eventually talking about the Eagles like kind of it's just kind of been like okay Sirianni like you're the head like what do you do like you have to when you play a really good coach like like a Shanahan, like a McVay, like they schematically X's and O's like will kill you. Like you have to like, what is your thing? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. The classic question. And like, I don't know about Antonio Pierce enough yet, but I do know players loving him is a big deal. Um, I think the team, when I've watched them since they took it, taken over this season has looked, I mean, they kicked the chief's ass on Chris. I was like, I've never seen this. Like just mm-hmm. as a, you know, third party guy watching the Raiders, you know, they, I'm just, so Maybe but he can be that motivational my guy. My thing is, like, I don't want to say, like, oh, OC. he's he's a bridge guy. Because I just don't think that's fair to him. Like, oh, I'd bring him back for, like, a year. Like, why would he want that job? You know? Right. Um, but he deserves a shot. I think he does, too. I think last week's game at Indy was a bit of a clunker, but... After you saw the way that that team played for him after McDaniels got fired and then going into that Chiefs game, you're like, okay, he's a master motivator. He just needs a really schematically sound OC, uh, you know, to kind of handle. Because I assume uh, he's more of like a defensive guy. Yeah, he definitely is. And that defense was awful once he uh, when he took over, and now they've been really impressive. I mean, they held the Chiefs to 14 points a couple weeks ago, uh, and they held Indy to, I believe, only 17 offensive points last week. So... 
pretty good performance by him in these last few games as the interim coach. We'll see if he gets the full-time job. Uh, Casey at the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by three and a half. Reed came out today and said they're benching everybody. So it's going to be Easton Stick versus Blaine Gabbert in a wonderful matchup there. Uh, Kansas City's locked into the three seed. Uh, their only options for who they could play uh, would be Miami if Miami loses to Buffalo or uh, I believe it's the winner of the Houston uh, versus Indy game if Buffalo loses to Miami. So uh, if you're Kansas City, do you kind of want Miami, given that you already it's beat them pretty weird, easily earlier? Yeah, I would. That's what I was thinking, too. That's crazy. They get the three seed and, like, because I think those are not, like, the worst matchups for them. Um, it's the I, second I like the round Texas, matchup that sucks the se- for them. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It'd be what, at Miami or at Buffalo? Yeah, and both of those would be a no-go. But even at Miami, like, I, I I don't know. Again, we love McDaniel, but they've been so sus the second half they've of the just season. Been, they just get rolled by good teams. Um, and they barely squeaked by Dallas and kind of got there with a, the help of a couple calls, too. So haven't really seen anything from Miami in the past six weeks to indicate that they're going to go on a run in the playoffs, which is why I was saying Kansas City might might want them in the first round. Let's talk about the Sunday night game. Buffalo, they're favored by three and a half at Miami in this game, which, I again, I am going to bet Miami. I already have bet Miami plus three <laughs> <Yeah>. and a half. <laughs> I'm going to put them in the picks of the week. That's probably my favorite one of the week. The offense is too good for them to just get completely rolled at home, I think. Um, they are saying Mostert is going to play. They are saying A-Chan's going to play. Obviously, two was there. Tyreek, terrible situation today with his freaking house burning down, but he is going to play. Little sus. Uh, yeah, that was Who orchestrated that? Very strange. The vibes are strange in Miami right now, but again... This is a team that three or four weeks ago we were all but certain they were going to be the one or the two seed. Now they're just playing for the opportunity to host a playoff game. I like them in this spot with their backs against the wall. You've been waffling back and forth on Buffalo all season. This is a tremendous game. Uh, If you had to pick a side on this one at Buffalo minus three and a half, where would you go? It's it's crazy because we've actually talked and I've kind of you've kind of make me lean the other way, but like before this, I would have hammered Buffalo. Like I think I think Miami is a wounded duck right now. Okay. And that explains the line. I like and, and I always use the boxers analogy to describe Buffalo like if they knock you out like they'll they knock you out like in a game and if they don't they struggle to win these close games. Mm-hmm. I also use that same analogy like for like how the other teams in the AFC like like towards Buffalo like, I feel like Buffalo was dead in the water like three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they beat Kansas City. They've, you know, they beat New England. They beat a couple of these other teams. And it's like no one knocked them out. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like a month ago they would have killed for this opportunity to have in Miami to win the – I mean, to go, to, the, to go from, like, weren't they the 10 seed like a month ago? <laughs> yeah, to the two. Like, I just – and again – I love Mike McDaniel. I think their offense is very like, ain't no freaking way. I'm bit, I'm taking Tua over Josh Allen. Josh Allen, who leads the league in turnovers, he does. again. I'm I'm trying to zag here. Everyone in the world wants to bet Buffalo here because they have all the momentum. Miami's injured, by the way. Bradley Chubb towards that's the, ACL, the other thing so too. It's like they're missing both of their edge rushers. Which is like, how are you going to get pressed? See, now I'm getting a little worried here because. This is like what they used to call the rat line. Like, clearly they're trying to get everyone to bet on Miami. If they made this Buffalo minus one, everyone in the world would bet Buffalo. That's why they made the line so high. But, I mean, I just think this is a spot where you zag where, first of all, they're at home. They put up, I think it's something like 32 points a game at home. I think they'll get close to that. Now the question is, can the defense limit Allen? I don't know if they can limit him, but I think they can turn him over a couple times. Uh, I do like Miami there. Uh, We'll see if that makes the cut on the you like that picks of the week for our final edition of the regular season. Uh, Let's go to America's favorite segment, Joey's Jackson Bum of the Week. Uh, I really want to just kind of do a deep dive into all of these candidates because this is a banner week for me. This is one of the best Jack and the Bum of the Week 
weeks of all time. We're going to start with Brad Allen. You said you have a different take here. I think that whole situation with Saturday night's game against Detroit where uh, 68 reported as eligible, allegedly, and Brad Allen didn't hear it, didn't call it, and then called the penalty. I mean, I put him on this list because if you know a referee's first and last name, you did something majorly wrong, but you had another take on it. First off, I think he made a mistake. I'll say that. I think he made a mistake, but he I don't think he made as big of a mistake. I mean, it's a humongously bad mistake, the impact of the game. Like, I don't want to, like, mischaracterize that. But you, when you watch it, and they admitted to it, I believe, Detroit tried to trick Dallas with who was reporting. Like, when you look at the read, they're like, oh, 68, Decker, he reported. Mm-hmm. It looks like three big offensive linemen report at the same time. And only one can report. So, like, the problem is, like, with this trying to trick De- – you tricked the ref. Mm-hmm. Like, which he should not be tricked. And, again, I I know Detroit kind of pushed back today because I saw the, the league memo came out yesterday about, like, it's on the player. And, like, I think it is. Like, if you report, like, you have to make sure – the ref has a million jobs. This is a play that happens once or twice a game, if that, where, like, here comes seven offensive linemen. The guard's going to rep- – whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I You just have to make sure the ref hears it. I just don't – why is Panay Sewell over there? Mm-hmm. It was Panay Sewell, the skipper, the, the 70 who ran on the field, and mm-hmm. then you see Goff point to Decker to go report. Three guys go to Brad Allen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they're all there. It's probably a loud ass stadium. It's a big play. Like, what did he do? Did he go, I'm reporting. I'm six. Like, or did he just go like, Hey, report. And he's like, whatever. I, I saw whoever. I don't know. Like, I get it. The, the, what they had said was that 70, uh, had been reporting the whole game on the plays where there were six or more offensive linemen. And he walked in the direction of Brad Allen during this play but it was supposedly 68 who said I'm reporting. But as if you look at the video, 70 is closer to Brad Allen than yeah. 68. So again, I mean, he's taken all the flack for this. The league has stood behind him. I thought it was kind of... Like, do know, I think he messed up? Yeah, I, I do. But like, I just feel like when you're, if you're Detroit and you try and do all this to trick him, because if, if you're like, well, you're saying 70 reporting all day, mm-hmm. like they set this up. You know, like some plays you set up, like here's the play action, and then like later in the game we're going to hit them with the uh, like the the play off the play type yeah. thing. They tried to do that with a substitution, like oh we're going to sub <laughs> sub sub, and then here oh we're going to pretend like we're subbing in seventy. Here comes Decker sixty, and like well the problem yeah. is you faked out the ref. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good way to look at it. I and, like that. And like again, he made a mistake, but like I don't want to kill him. Like I don't want this turning into like you know the dude who missed the perfect game, like where this guy or like, yeah. Or like, you know, the Cubs fan, like I don't want this guy to change his name and like change his life because he missed this one call. Like I get it. It, You know, I've seen worse is what I'm trying to say, you know? Right. And the most possible key difference here would be, um, you know, the lions may have gotten the second seed. Now they basically can't that they're, they're the ones who feel aggrieved. But again, if you, had your guy report very clearly, this probably wouldn't have happened. So Brad Allen was one of the nominees. Vic Fangio has. Wait, to be wait hold on. Last list. thing on that. Last thing yeah. on that. I guess you can't. Well, I was going to say like, why can't you just review? Like, if he really did, mm-hmm. like, just count it. Like, you know, all the time they pick up flags and stuff. Yeah. But I just I don't know how you review it. Like, it'd be like call down to Brad Allen, be like, did you hear him or not? And like, he's got to like on the spot say like. <laughs> He's got to check the like record. He's like because they'd see on, they would see on replay, you know, like <laughs> they would see the guy who did report go to him. It's so like, what yeah. did he go over there? Ask him how his New Year's is or what? Like, what do you think <laughs> he said? I don't know. Tough spot for Brad Allen, Dad, Dan Campbell, and the entire Lions team with everyone pushing the blame on everybody else. That was crazy on Saturday night. It's all they talked about Saturday night and into. They should have like just counted the touchdown just for the. The sheer reason, or the two pointer, just for the sheer reason that Mike McCarthy should have got um, penalized for throwing that deep ball to kill the clock. Oh my God. I I saw that, and I saw that. I'm like, I'm not even a Dallas fan. I was rooting for Dallas because it helped the Niners get the one seed with Detroit losing. 
But I'm just like, oh my God, that was like, I just don't under, like, on what planet am I trying to understand what that was? Like, I could, I could get caught in a pass if it's like a, like 95% we're going to catch this ball, like yeah. a screen. I mean, the, you hear Troy Aikman on the broadcast say, like, if he would have ran the ball, this game would be over. Like, exactly. when they were at, like, the 30 yard line. And as a guy who bet on Dallas minus four and a half in that game, thanks, Mike. Really appreciate that one. Um, kind of reminded me of the Washington Texas game a couple nights ago all they had to do was knee the ball three times Washington and Texas would have only had the ball down six at their own 10 with like 10 seconds left but they did three running plays including one where the running back got hurt and it stopped the clock and led to Texas almost winning that game that was insane I thought about putting Kalen DeBoer in there just for that ridiculous finish to that game but let's go with Vic Fangio as another option here you give up 56 points and allow Lamar Jackson to put up probably the best game we've seen from any quarterback in the last few years four incompletions five touchdowns 158.3 passer rating Fangio's defense I get that you know his pass rushers have been hurt but you can't give up 56 and be like I'm a playoff contender after he gets it Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say that's after he gave up 70. But, no, that was that was Miami <laughs> to Denver. Um, <laughs> that Miami defense has completely fallen apart. Um, the, the other candidate here that I wanted to include is, is Matt Patricia. So he's taken over as the defensive play caller for the last three weeks for Philly. Uh, four touchdowns, no stops in the second half, giving up 28 points to the 4-12 and 12 Arizona Cardinals at home. I mean, there's Could a be. reason that he's one of the most hated men in all of New England and because he made Nick Foles look like God himself in that Super Bowl. And now he's doing the exact same thing to basically everybody he plays with that Philly defense. An absolute bum of the week. Uh, I want to put Arthur Smith on here, a listless performance <laughs> the last two weeks. He like, went, it's like one of those guys, he's just always on this list. He's like, did anything like crazy happen? No, he just, no. just got he just beat soundly again. <laughs> Lost 37-17. Heineke went 9 of 28 for like 70 yards, and then he benched him for Ritter. Ritter came in and threw one pass. It was a pick. Like, that <laughs> it's team almost is like he, it's a almost, disaster. And they were a team that you thought in the offseason, maybe Lamar. <laughs> like, they didn't want him. That's the crazy yeah. thing about Lamar's season, because I'm in this boat too. Like, I wouldn't have paid him like or traded for him, because I thought just like I didn't think he had it in him to throw from the pocket. And also, just like he's hurt a lot, and the money you would have had to have paid him, mm-hmm. so, and you would have had to trade for him and give up picks. After we just watched Deshaun and Russell Wilson's deals and extensions go to, uh, like just crater their team. Mm-hmm. But boy, would you rather have <laughs> Lamar Jackson right now if you're Atlanta? Probably. Or, or would you rather have Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke? Good job there, Arthur Smith and the uh, brain. You know, in defense, there. I would have said Lamar would have been better than them. <laughs> I wouldn't say maybe he's not the answer, but he would have been better than them. I would have said that then. Now it's yes. like, do, you, do I mean, Atlanta probably wins the division. Oh, my God, by a mile in that craptastic division there. Uh, and then I put Todd Bowles as the final nominee on this list just because um, – that was a game that if Tampa wins, they win the division. They can rest everybody this week. They got a real shot to win that first game against Philly in the playoffs. And that was their worst performance of the year by far. Uh, that team came out and was just hit in the mouth immediately the entire first half. I believe they were down 20 nothing at the half in a game they were favored by three at home. Like, horrendous performance from Bulls, who's actually been pretty good on the whole this season. Um, him just just like KOC for the Vikes last week. I don't know what happened pregame, but the team came out and had nothing uh, to give. But you're going with, and this is, again, another two-time jack-in-the-bum of the week, Trevor Lawrence, Bill Belichick, and now another honoree. Yeah, this one was pretty easy for me. Um, this week, the jack-in-the-bum of the week, costly bum of the week, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, for throwing a childlike temper tantrum in the press box with all of his suits, uh, people he he works with, um, for getting into with a fan who, I get it, I'm sure that fan said probably some not so, you know, (laughs) wonderful things about maybe David and his family, but like, who cares, dude? You're, you have more money than everyone in that stadium combined. 
Uh, not saying money heals everything, but like, come on. And also just the team himself. He's the owner. The team sucks. His, his regime sucks. Everything about him other than his bankroll sucks about him and his team. And like the, the Carolina just went from one shitty owner to another shitty owner. I mean, when you have a shitty owner in sports, like you're, you're screwed. And he's, he seems more like a guy who just has been successful at everything business wise and has finally entered something he can't control. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, this is not like a, a stock like Apple or something like it's professional sports. You're dealing with real people, real humans. And he's, he seems real, uh, real sad uh, and mad that his Carolina Panthers are going nowhere fast. Um, they and, put uh, up 130 yards of offense in a 26, nothing loss to CJ Beathard. So obviously I understand why he's mad. He also has botched basically every hire since he's been there. First, he hired uh, Matt Rule, and that was a failure. Then he hired Frank Reich. He abandoned him after just a couple weeks. Uh, I mean, it was like, I think there was like basically a brain trust meeting at some point in the offseason where he decided they wanted that number one pick, and he trusted Frank Reich to pick, you know, whoever they were going to take. And then he said, I like Bryce Young. Frank Reich said, I like C.J. Stroud, and the owner overruled him, so he screwed the franchise with that as well. I mean, this is a guy who's basically taken, you know, a team owned by Jerry Richardson where the fans in Carolina were like, oh, thank God we have a new owner, too. They may actually prefer to have anybody else in the Carolina region own that that team because he's been a disaster from day one and acted like a child, which is, I mean, for a 70-year-old man, that's... That's a really bad look there. So there's David Tepper, another two-time Jack in the Bum of the Week. Um, let's go to my You Like That Picks of the Week. We went 2-3 and three last week. That means we're 45-36-4 with one week of regular season action remaining. I want to go at least 3-2 and two so we can be at least 10 games over 500 for the season. Uh, we were really doing well there at the beginning. We caught a lull in the middle, and then we've picked it up a little bit here at the end. Um, this is the hardest week of the year to, to handicap. Uh, obviously you know that some teams are going to try and some teams aren't. So I'm trying to just pick the teams who have a reason to put any kind of effort on the field here. I like Houston, pick them at Indianapolis just because of the whole C.J. Stroud angle. I mean, this is a guy who's trying to nail down Rookie of the Year and maybe steal it from Puka Nakua. Uh, This is a guy who's trying to make the playoffs in his first year and really cement himself as the good, young, new quarterback in the NFL who's going to enter the top five, six QBs in the NFL here sometime soon. Uh, I like Philly minus four and a half at the Giants. Uh, I watched that Giants game intently last week because I really wanted them to beat the Rams. I would have given the Vikings another out to try to make the playoffs. I'm sure you were watching that one as well. Really rooting for the Giants. Um, I could not believe they were in that game. They were awful. They got so many uh, incredible plays to keep them in it. A punt return touchdown. One of the worst calls I've ever seen on a pass interference. Uh, That Giants team is absolute trash. They probably should have lost by two touchdowns last week. I think this is a get-right game for Philly. Um, I did have Green Bay on here, but you kind of talked me off of it. I'm going to throw Tampa Bay minus four, just because, as we said, Carolina is the most dysfunctional organization in sports right now. I like Tampa there. Seattle minus two and a half I'm really comfortable with, just because I think Arizona had their Super Bowl last week. And then Miami plus three and a half. Are there any other games on the board as you look at our rundown that you say, hey, I think that's a better bet than one of the ones that you have up there because these five I like. Not really. This is a terrible week. It's so hard to find value here. So these are the five that I thought uh, were the best. Here they are. Your You Like That Picks of the Week for Week 18 in the NFL, our final picks of the regular season. We like Houston, pick them at Indy. Philly minus 4.5 on the road um, at the Giants. You got Tampa Bay minus 4 at Carolina. Seattle minus 2.5 on the road at Arizona. And then Miami on Sunday Night Football, plus 3.5, hosting the Bills. Joey, it's time for your feels great, babe. Your wildest take you feel best about currently. We've been hammering them this whole pod. We've been hammering them the whole season on them being probably the most underachieving team in recent sports memory. Uh, You have a hot take yet again about those boys up in Philly. Yeah. uh, I feel like Philadelphia Eagles lose in the first round. Or the wild card round, if we're talking football, as we are. (laughs) Uh, They're terrible. They're absolutely dead in the water. Um, I'm assuming they're playing Tampa, 
But even if they played in New Orleans, if they had to play in New Orleans in the Dome, good luck with that. Um, I'm not even sure they're going to win this week. I, like, I mean, I think they will, but, like, vibes are beyond awful. Um, yeah, I, I just... Tampa's decent. Tampa's better than they, what they were last year when Dallas played them. And, and yeah, I just think I think Philly's toast. I think Philly is so toast. And it goes to show. I mean, you were saying earlier in the year when they were ten and one that they were demonstrably worse on both sides of the ball because they lost both coordinators. And we're like, how do they keep doing this? It reminded me a lot of that. I believe it was the twenty nineteen Patriots team where they started the year eight and zero. And everybody was like, how do they keep doing this? They just came off of making four straight Super Bowls. They won two of them. You're like, how do they keep doing this? They did fall off. They fell off so bad that they pulled the plug on Brady after the season, after they lost at home to Tennessee in the first round. Uh, This feels a lot like that. They were 10-1, and and everyone's like, how is this happening? Well, they have fallen back down to earth. They're 1-4 in their last five games. They just gave up a 35-burger to Kyler Murray at home in Philly. This team is in an absolute tailspin. Yeah, I mean, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon because it's, like I said, coaching. I don't think they have anyone in that building who can fix it. And they're not getting any players on defense to fix it because that's their just fatal flaw. Their line, linebackers are linebackers probably are the worst. Linebackers are not starters on any team in this league. Borderline NFL linebackers. And their secondary is beyond slow. And just all their money's put in their D-line and they just – I keep – Excuse me. You keep hearing they had like 70-something sacks last year, and now they're like at 41. And and that feels high even. Yeah. They they aren't getting pressure. Kyler Murray had all day to throw last week. I know Kyler's hard to get get on the ground, but defensively it's awful. And I think even the bigger issue, because they have so much money and talent on offense, I think, still. Offensive line, the weapons. And it just – I saw something that A.J. Brown only has like – eight targets beyond like 20 yards, like in the last like three months or something <laughs> like he has like one catch over 20 yards of in the air, like since like week 10 or 11 or something. They're unable to scheme it so that Hertz can throw the ball deep. Obviously a lot of people have been pinning it on, Oh, he hurt his knee around weeks, week seven, week eight. And that's why Hertz is not the same. I just think they don't have the horses and you've been saying this all year. They don't. Their roster is not as good as it was last year, and it's not as good as most people thought this year. I, I mean, I thought it was. I thought their roster was better than what it was, but they got old and slow on defense really quick, and offensively, Jalen has regressed without Shane Sykin, and and uh, they don't they don't run an offense like I saw someone say they they don't coordinate the offensive coordinator doesn't coordinate anything. He <laughs> calls like plays individual like. He doesn't run any scheme. They don't do anything like, oh, like that play came from here. It's like quarterback draw, quarterback power, like tush push, tush push, zone, <laughs> zone, outside zone to like Swift, and then like they they throw like a slant to AJ Brown. It all started with that game. They were nine and one going into the game against Buffalo. They needed an absolute miracle. I think it was a sixty-two yard field goal to send it to overtime where they pulled off the win. After that game, everybody said, wow, I mean, this is just the year for Philly, and this is it for Buffalo. Well, since that game, it's been two franchises going in completely opposite directions. Buffalo's got a shot at the two seed. Philly might be the five and might be one and done. So there's Joey's feels great baby take. Philly loses in the first round against the NFC South opponent. Um, Let's close the pod with with one more thing. Um, This week is the only week of the entire season where there are more late games than early games. I want more of that in 2024 and beyond. I wanted to broach this topic with you. First of all, week 17 had 10 10 a.m. games for us out here on the West Coast and three 120 or three one o'clock games, including one that was 105 and two that were 125. So I missed the first 25, 30 minutes of the 105 Seattle game. What are we doing? Like, make all of the games start at 125 so that we let that entire first window complete. No more, no more 105, 405, whatever you want to call those games. And please move some of those early games to the late window. If we had six at the at the start and six at the end, that would be just lovely. It's like getting two 
well, full Sunday windows. I'm just I now that I look at the schedule this week on the West Coast. That would be true because you know you as a Niner fan, yeah. Well, they they don't want they don't want more. I mean, four thirty on a Sunday for like the East Coast, like you're having like maybe early dinner and going to bed for work. So <laughs> I get it. Um, it always too depends like where the games are. Sometimes you just can't put them. I mean, like if there's a lot of East Coast games, like I mean, I guess you could you still put them at like four thirty. I just think these these I like as honestly I love waking up and like having football at 10 a.m. I do like now well, I, I do don't too, want what they, I think I don't what they did I, I don't like what they did this past week I think three is not enough mm. um, I'll like I like four or five at the right o'clock. so usually on a normal NFL week you got one Thursday one Sunday night and one Monday so that leaves 13 games maybe 11 if there's some buys I think it should be almost even it should be like you know, if there's bye weeks, 6, 10 a.m., 5, 1, 25 p.m. If there's no bye weeks, maybe you do 7, 10 a.m. and 6, 1, 25 p.m. Yes, it would hurt some of these teams that, like, want to, you know, be on the West Coast. And, like, if you're a Niner fan, you want to know what's going on in the Seattle game. And that's the other one on CBS while you're on Fox. Like, there will be more variety in that way. But for those of us who watch Red Zone or who have Sunday Ticket, it's just so much more fun to follow more games at once rather than, like, the the thing that brought this on was last week having only three games, including one that started at one o five, and basically only one was watchable. See, you know? I don't I don't watch Red Zone. I'm actually maybe in the minority. I actually kind of hate it. Um, I have Sunday Ticket now since I bought it Black Friday, but like still, even with Sunday Ticket, I only watch like one game. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't do the multi multi view. No, I find it really hard to follow anything. Mm-hmm. My eyes don't know where to look. <laughs> Um, so like if the Niners play at one, the 10 a.m. game, like I'll find like a team, mostly I usually like Seattle at like divisional, you know, teams like, well, how are they doing? Like I watch Philly a lot, you know, Philly, Dallas, if I don't, Mm -hmm. um, but like, I mean, what am I going to do? Flip to Carolina, Tampa, (laughs) like flip to Atlanta. Like, what am I going to flip to Chargers, Denver? Like that was one of them. Like. Oh, Chargers, Denver, like not a chance. I think I'll go hang out with my son. Completely (laughs) unwatchable game. So there was only two, basically. Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Cincinnati, Kansas City. So you got Mason Rudolph starting one of those and Jake Browning starting the other one of those. Those are your only choices. Like, please move. Not even necessarily. I think they thought the Bengals Chiefs was going to be a much bigger game than it was. Yeah, when they scheduled that, they probably thought that was Burrow, you know. They thought that was like damn good and it was like they they wanted that to kind of be like a sunday afternoon football dun, 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 like see like <laughs> game of the week yeah, yeah and it was like mm, nope chiefs are overrated with... and joe burrow died so <laughs> yeah burrow's not walking through that door um but my point was is if if we're gonna make some changes to the nfl in terms of like the way they program things going forward we've talked about this ad nauseum the last couple of years some way we would change NFL studio shows by stop having like nine people on a pregame show, only have two or three just so that we can hear them speak and have them make a point rather than just trying to blurt out a word. It's like salad. the one sentence. It's like, okay, okay. Got to go to Michael. All right, let's go to Howie. Let's go to Terry. Let's go to Jimmy. Let's go oh. to Jay Glazer in and out. Even though we already put him on Twitter like two hours ago, like we already know who's in and out. All right, let's go to like uh, Aaron Andrews interview, Tom Rinaldi's interview. Let's go to the, you know, the comedic guy that they have, you know, they used to have, you know, what's our guy, Frank Caliendo. He he's gone. And then, you know, CBS has got, let, let's go to, let's go to Bill Cower. Let's go to Nate Burleson. Let's go to, you know, Phil Sam. We got to go to everybody. And then we got to go to like Tracy Wolfson, like her interview. And it's like way too much. Can, like, can we, can we like, just get simplicity? That's like, what I'm saying. I'm saying I, it boomer and TJ, like boomer and, and booger now primetime. Like I'm not saying it's the best show ever, but that type of show, like host and person talking about it. Mm-hmm. And video of maybe football. a third person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like maybe a third. Yeah, we like don't any more that. than three. Get off. Get off the stage. It's too much. And my point is, is those of us who love to consume all kinds of football, I think it's wasted on us to have like last week ten games going on at once. It's just too much. That's too like, much. 
it's way too much. I think eight is the absolute max. I would probably go with seven. My so favorite that, Sunday is two it. games here. Before I had Sunday ticket, was like two games on at 10, Fox and CBS. The Niner game at 125. Mm-hmm. And then NBC. Like like game. a solid Sunday night game. Yeah. that's That used to be ideal. But now that I'm a My bigger guy, issue is sh- never freaking do two Monday night games again. Oh, that's another thing is that the two Monday night games this week we got two on Saturday. They don't overlap, but there was some talk of I like the two, the two that Black they don't Friday overlap. Games. I just it's too much. Yeah, the Black they, Friday. If, I was like, oh, but I did watch it. I was like, eh, <laughs> what else am I gonna do? Also, no more Peacock games. That was really freaking annoying. Oh, it's coming to the playoffs. I hope. Um, thank God we skipped that Peacock round in the wild card. But there's a Peacock <laughs> only playoff game. Yeah, and there's, don't worry. There's it's a Nickelodeon one of, it's one of, slime. It's one of the of two one on two. Saturday. Yeah, it's not going to be you because you got to buy. Thank goodness. I can't imagine if the Vikings somehow sneak into the playoffs. And can you imagine like, a game winning? Can you imagine game winning kick being like glitched on a stream on Peacock? <laughs> yeah, or like you can't tell if the kick went in because they dropped the slime from the goalposts. You know, the terrible animation. Oh we need to stop with that nonsense and focus. We have on too the football. much technology. It's gone too far. Uh, that's one of our things for next year is we want to see some changes to NFL media. Uh, maybe they can start with the draft, just having a little bit better coverage there because I think some of the draft coverage is a little bit ridiculous. They'll be like, okay, he had a uh, 4-3-40 and uh, he was great, but uh, let's go over to uh, Tom Rinaldi who's going to tell us how everyone in his family died. We're like, please, just show us the tapes. <laughs> tell us how he's going to fit in this It makes me think of Schefter's tweet on Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins who struggled mightily in the NFL uh, as a quarterback, um, died. He was hit by a bus. It's like, <laughs> no, lead with that. You know, like, I, I, again, we need better coverage. They the always go like, oh, sport. this guy, born in the mud, ate <laughs> dirt until he was 18. No parents. He did, he did not go to school, not can't read, read and write. <laughs> but damn, he can throw a football. Less of that, more of just telling us how this affects the team and whether the team's going to be any good next year. Um, and as I said, let's not do 10 games at once. It's just way too much to, to keep track of. You obviously lose two or three games in that shuffle and never see what actually happens in the game. I don't believe they showed the Jacksonville-Carolina game for more than 30 seconds on red zone, and they good. shouldn't have, but like I completely forgot that game even happened. Um, but yeah, 10 is too much. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We're going to close the pod here. We try to keep these around an hour. I know we've had a few long winded ones recently. Um, welcome to the new year. The playoffs are coming next week. We'll be back next week to week to uh, recap the playoff bracket and basically say, Hey, what's the Niners path to the Super Bowl? Did the Vikings somehow make the playoffs? Who's going to be a dark horse in the AFC or NFC? Uh, we'll come up with that next week after we get the bracket finalized. Thanks again for listening, uh, to the, you like that feels great baby podcast. We will see you again next Monday night. Wow, wow, wow.